the kangle sideways that's just unnerving it's the steve buscemi hello fellow kids <laughs> well you know what kills me is that at one time that was not ironic <laughs> yeah that was a real dark time of the 90s the sideways hat uh well that also had uh, affiliation problems with that involved with my sideways hats like what oh i i may or may not have belonged to a social club oh like a book club where you guys had donuts and wine? And- well, we'd have meetings and things, and we'd raise money <laughs> oftentimes through many means. So I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think you'll have an opinion on it. How do you feel about alcohol while you eat? Mm. Because you, like, you're from Chicago and beer is an everyday thing. But yeah. personally, I cannot stand alcohol with food. I will I will say to one caveat like pizza pizza in old style I'm down. But that's it because it's not so much that they taste good together it's a sense memory. So to me pizza in old style is you know good times. Um the only the alcohol with food uh, there's certain wines that I'll sip while I'm eating something. I'm not drinking the whole glass of wine to drink the whole glass of wine, but there's a paired flavor, there's you know there's something in the palate that hits when you eat it. I say I think the only like uh, exception to that rule that I could think of is like Moscato because that just tastes like sparkly apple juice. I was gonna say that's barely a wine. I know it's, it's more super like duper soda pop. sweet, and that's what like even when I was drinking, like, oh, you want to go grab yeah, like pizza and a beer. Like, no, I'll have pizza and a coke, and then we'll drink beers after, mm. before and after. But I for some reason I can't do it. It's so goddamn gross to See, me. The, the funny thing is, now that you mention it, I'm talking about the memory of pizza, pizza and beer. I honestly can't remember actually drinking and eating. Alcoholic that I am. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't because I uh, I got this weird thing about food. I got to taste it. I got to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with the alcohol. It's like putting ranch on your food. You just can't taste it. Yeah, I, I don't find, like, yeah, even, like, a good wine, I don't generally find complimentary to a dish. Like, well, alongside it, anyway. I mean, you can cook with it, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, but When I worked at a steakhouse, though, we had a, we had an honest-to-God sommelier, and he would actually do wine pairings, and I thought, you know, I'm yanking my crank. I'm like, please, it's fucking bad grapes. It's, you know, I'm used to Manischewitz on the holidays. I don't know wine. And he would bring out, like, well, granted, he's bringing out $200 bottle of wines for the pairings. Right. But it's a fucking experience because, you, like, usually I can't taste one taste from the other because I don't give a fuck, right? But paired with certain things, you can start tasting the Courant. You can start tasting the little things that pair with the food. And it was kind of a cool thing. It's not something I would do normally, but that's an experience. Yeah, an old friend of mine out in Denver was telling me about eating a... Like bone marrow with like a smoky scotch. Ooh. I was just like, oh, well, that's weird. And he's like, yeah, I don't like just either of those things by themselves. But he's like, for some reason, man, you put them together. Like, I'm still not interested. The last thing I want while I'm eating is the taste of alcohol. Oh, see, and I've had these. I forgot what it was, but it was uh, it was the bone marrow. It was almost it was served in the shank the shank bone with a, like a like a. Like a not a garlic bread, but like almost like a cracker. Yeah, stuck like into toast it. points almost. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was a little grainy. I, I was, I was, I thought the texture would be more, um, more like a fatty, 
but it almost has a grain feel to it. But the flavor was ridiculous. I don't know what they put in it, but I was like, oh. uh, blood cells. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, isn't that pretty much all bone marrow is? Is it? Just yeah, produces... blood cells and fat. Yeah, it's good. Really yeah, good. That, that's fair. Anything that's just super fatty. That's yeah. why I'm surprised that you don't like mayonnaise. Because like, oh yeah, it's just whipped fat, pretty much. There's a that there's a um. There's a hang flavor there that just almost makes me nauseous. There was a, I learned this from some podcast that I was listening to. There was a uh, study done and people like their uh, centers of their brain that is activated when you like feel disgust was mm-hmm. activated when they would uh, eat mayonnaise and they linked it to uh, death. Because mayonnaise has that, like... Decaying gel- flesh. Yeah, that gelatinous feel of decaying flesh to where, like, biologically, mm. your body says, don't eat that! It's, like, the reason that you don't eat poop, because <laughs> biologically, your body's like, hey, no, 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 no. Poop's bad. Yeah. Well, um, I will tell you that I can, if I made my own mayonnaise from oil and egg yolk, you know, if I did, you know, the, the thing, uh-huh. I can eat it. But Hellman's, any of that... Just uh, that kind of mayonnaise and any Miracle Whip or sandwich oh, spread. I'm pretty sure that Miracle Whip is just mayonnaise that someone peed in. Like, it's really gross. Yeah, it is. It's but, really disgusting. But, I mean, I can, again, if I made it myself, there's a different texture, I believe. Or a different flavor. Maybe the brightness from the egg yolk that you just did. Right. But, yeah. Hmm. But, like, on a good chicken salad, you won't even eat Hellman's? I can't do a chicken salad because of Hellman's. Oh. Yeah. Can't well, appreciate a good chicken salad, man. And I live in the Midwest. What the fuck? Well, speaking of shitty birds, hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. That was a real weak segue. Yeah. I just wanted to get into it. No, I hear you. <laughs> my, I felt that coming. Yeah. My, my name is Chris Faff, and I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> and I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. Yeah, I'm fucking dejected now. Oh, hell yeah. He couldn't fucking get me this time. Uh, and speaking of... Oh, boy. We got a real bummer. <laughs> So, we're talking about 1978 or 79, depending on if you want to believe the credits. Because mm-hmm. the credits of the film say 78. Everywhere else that I've found says 79. But, yeah. the, the Visitor. Written by Luciano Comici and Robert Mundy. Directed by, again, if you want to trust the credits or not. Uh, directed by Giulio Paradisi. Or as the credits would have you <laughs> believe. Directed by Michael J. Paradise. Joe Paradise, how you doing? (laughs) And so begins the insanity, James. Oh, cheese and rice, this movie. So, I I have my usual question for you. Yeah. But before I do, (coughs) Mm -hmm. I want to read something to you. I want to hear this. In 1995, Robert Mm. Mundy had another film of his that he wrote turned into a major motion picture. Do tell. 1995's Rough Magic. (laughs) <laughs> so, I would like to read you just the uh, summary of this film, and you tell me if you recognize a similar problem. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. It's a bit lengthy, but hold on. Set in the 1950s, Rough, rough Magic tells the story of what happens when a pretty apprentice ma- magician goes to Mexico to escape her fiancé, a oh, wealthy dear. politician, and to find a Mayan shaman who will teach her... <laughs> Ancient principles of magic. She is being trailed by a detective hired by her fiancé. He's a former photojournalist traumatized by what he saw in Hiroshima. 
The photojournalist joins her in the search for the Mayan shaman and falls in love with her. It goes on. Do you see a common thread in the visitor? Mm-hmm. And also then, James, hmm. how did you like the visitor? <laughs> oh, as a, a wackadoo mishmash of set pieces fucking broken ass it was enjoyable and that but it was troublesome <laughs> it was very very troublesome so the reason that i read you that james mm-hmm. is because there are nine thousand threads in this movie oh. that don't matter at all oh and resists <laughs> this movie's oh. bug fuck nuts it is and here's the thing though it's it's a bad movie it, it, this is a bad film. I kind of don't like this movie, but there's part of it that kind of captures my heart. Oh. Because it's this kind of insanity and done completely in earnest. Oh, yeah. There is no part of this that feels like they were pulling a Sharknado, like a winking at the camera, like, ha look how weird we're being. Every single part of this felt like everyone in it was very sincere. Mm-hmm. And drunk as fuck. And that's what I kind of love about this. Through all of its faults, through it being just completely off the rails, having 9,000 threads, and if I'm being honest, quite boring. Oh, God. Down at like a molecular level, this movie's so fucking weird and uh-huh. just off the wall that it captures part of my heart. Oh, my God. Well, yes, yes, yes. And again, as a series of weird little vignettes and set pieces... Yes, more please. But the anything that's not weird, cut it. Cut it just, immediately. Mm-mm. Just, just fucking go for it. Go full Giallo, man. We the, all this this movie was a set of tits short of Giallo. <laughs> so what I what I noticed is that uh, it's a total ripoff, a thousand percent it's, of everything. It's it's a the good versus evil story. Of a mm. Yahweh versus Satine. Yeah, but with Django as Jesus. And yeah. Uh, yep, it's got a little bit of the uh, hero's journey, and uh, it's got a little Rosemary's Baby in there. It's got a little of the Bad omen. Seed, it's, Close Encounters. Yep, it's got a little of uh, the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a mishmash of everything. Got and a it, bunch of omen in it. And it feels like, honestly... This, and from what I just read you, it feels like this writer's process is to just throw, like, every idea that he's ever heard of into a hat, pick out 12, and go, I can put these together. Yes. Because this movie has everything. It starts out with a a wizard standoff. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. In the snowy desert. (laughs) And on top of that, because they cut into the desert, right? All I'm thinking is, okay, Dune. Wait, there's Obi-Wan. I was like, fuck, the wreck ripoff of two, two big properties. So we should probably mention, too, since I didn't really do a cast, and there's clearly many, many more than this, but starring John Huston as Jersey. And all his hallway standing glory. Joanne Nail as Barbara and Lance Henriksen. A young, young Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Who, we should note right off the bat, also hates this movie. Oh, yes. Lance Henriksen, in the little bit I read about this, called this a real turkey. Yeah, and then the lead, the lead actress is like a knockoff Amy Irving. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Oh, so I I don't want to go through this like beat by beat by beat because oh, because no. that gets boring. But I I almost feel like we kind of have to because there are so many offshoots that <laughs> there are so many different directions this goes <laughs> mm-hmm. that is it is impossible to keep straight with some sort of a synopsis. Yeah. So yeah, we start with the desert witch standoff <laughs> with the frozen kid. Uh huh. <laughs> Directly into a cult scene. Which has, I think, my favorite line of the entire film. Oh, I gotta it, hear it. Where he's talking about how uh, Satine was defeated and he was ruling throughout the lands. But then there was a bird army. Oh, God, yes. And Satine slew all of them. But three. And it's my favorite line where he says, they wounded him. Mo- or what is it? They fatally wounded him. In the brain. <laughs> like, well, well, that's a strange detail to just add. Hey, I think, uh, I think Franco, Franco was uh, ad-libbing there. He yeah, said, I got three new English phrases. I'm going to try them out. In the brain. But it's, it's a long-haired, bright, blue-eyed Italian man talking to a bunch of bald children in like, clearly a futuristic cult scene. Mm-hmm. And in walks John Houston to dun-dun-dun! The big thing. Yeah. He's the good guy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was reading. It was reading through this whole thing. I'm like, is he an agent of Satine? Are these the good guys or the bad guys? What the fuck is going on? I had no idea what was happening through most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Cut directly to Lance Henriksen owns a basketball team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucking at the Omni Center in Atlanta. Uh-huh. A fucking real, well, a real film game, kind of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and just... How long do we have to watch this goddamn basketball game? Yep. And then the Katie, the little girl who ends up being like the main focus of the film, walks in, just sits courtside, and then makes a basketball player explode. I don't know. I think it made the lights by the. I thought it made the lights by the um, basket explode. See, I thought it was the basketball itself. I, I it was could be it could exaggerating be. with the player. Okay. <laughs> But she makes something, she makes an explosion with her mind. Yeah. And then the next thing we hear is everybody's like, man, that was a crazy game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, fucking part of the game just exploded. And, you, and look at the injuries for star players, you know? <laughs> so, oh, I, maybe the, I think they probably got funding for part of this movie from the city of Atlanta to film at the Omni Center. I'd say I know uh, it begins with a big thank you to uh, the mayors of Atlanta, and oh, I believe right. it's Jackson, Mississippi, or something like that. Okay, okay, because they let them film there. All right. So, all right. After the basketball game, we pretty much learned that a giant corporation mm-hmm. has gotten Lance Henriksen to fuck this lady, mm-hmm. so that she can bring about. Another child uh, who will be an agent of chaos because they explain she is the only one with a womb capable of C- creating, produ- yeah, producing Satine's children. Yeah. Oh my God, Rosemary's baby, like a motherfucker, down to uh-huh. down to weird caretakers. You don't know where the fuck they're from. But also, at no point was it like established that Satine put babies in her. It's established that she is a descendant. Of, like in the bloodline of Satine, uh-huh. meaning she should also have powers, right? Right, because I was trying to figure out why uh, why the caretaker didn't have powers. Yeah, why nobody but this little girl? 
Oh my god! And I want to know. This bugged me. <laughs> Go this on. kid had a fucking deep cracker or cracker. Sorry, I didn't mean to put the hard R on that. The cracker accent. I mean, like she oh, sounded she like she is the only one from the south. Right. So how does this kid get the goddamn? Deep South accent when got Lance Henriksen and Amy Irving knockoff for parents who are from New York or oh, some Lance shit. Lance Henriksen is not her father. Okay. He he just met Barbara and he's trying to seduce her to put a baby in her at gotcha. the behest of the evil corporation. Yeah, that was confusing as fuck. <laughs> With the greatest butler of all time. <laughs> Captain Quiet. Man, that guy rules. <laughs> that's right. I swear to God, that's where they got the characterization for the guy in uh, John Wick. <laughs> Probably, because he knows everything. Yep, and doesn't say a motherfucking word. No, in fact, there's just a quick cut to him when he's talking about how Katie has magic powers, mm-hmm. where he pokes his head out and makes the oh face. Mm-hmm. Because that's the it's only incredible. That's the only African American portraitization in this whole movie that was an ungodly step and fetch at racist. Oh boy, <laughs> minstrel show, fucking racist. Yeah, I, all right. I mean, it's not. It, it is racist for the time for 1978. I could see it not being construed. That's why I didn't take it like as seriously. Oh no, because nobody like straight up says the N word. There's no like outward like we should just be horrible to black people. It's just a bad misrepresentation. Right, and and the reason. I don't okay, but I let it. I passed it so I could watch the movie. Is because this is an Italian's view of what they saw on TV of how black people are. Uh huh. So I get it because I know we got what Mario. It's a me Mario. I'm sure there's like everybody in Italy is going fuck to the U. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I get it. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember where this goes. Oh, so. Apparently, uh, John Houston or Yahweh or Yahweh's descendant, whoever the fuck he is, mm-hmm. he uh, just kind of shows up in Katie's visions at her birthday party mm-hmm. and somehow manifests a gun inside of a present. I don't know who put that gun there, if it was supposed to be John Houston or the child. No, what I think it is, is the evil corporation. It was the Illuminati that stuck it in there. But they couldn't have because the box was still sealed and everything. And it the happened. Gun, it the happened gun, where they. It happened where they bought it. They bought it at a separate. No, place because it was, it was a magic there. gun. We'll get into why it's not. Okay. So it, Katie takes out this gun and goes, "Mommy, look!" and just hucks it on the table, sh- shoots Barbara in the back, and now she is paralyzed for the rest of the film. That poor fucking thing! My God! Throughout the entire goddamn movie, not one positive thing happens to that chick. Not one thing. Poor thing. So then we get the added layer of the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Shelly Winters? Sure, yeah. The caretaker shows up, and she's on to Katie from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Kinda. Yeah. Not really. She just thinks Katie's an awful child. Yeah. Also. And why ought to smack you a couple if you don't shut your gab for cry We're also introduced to the detective. And the detective is following Katie. This is one of my other favorite scenes in this film, James, because it's so fucking weird. Okay, this this amazing old old character actor from fucking every movie acting his ass off. Yes. So, he he 
sees Katie getting on the bus and follows the school bus. All the other kids get off and he can't find her. Mm-hmm. And she slams the door and scares the shit out of him. And immediately he's like, you're a child molester. Yep. Now, instead of being like, I am a police officer, young lady. You shot your mother or whatever. He starts futzing around with, oh, 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 no, 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 no. I'm, I just need to ask you something, Katie. Uh, I, uh, I, I can wait till you're out of class if you like. I, <laughs> he's acting like a child molester. Yep. Why? I don't know. And, and like he's trying to act. And then this kid's like, you can cram it up your ass. <laughs> and he's trying to act around this fucking kid. Yeah. Poor guy. Go find go find more perverts like you. Because she's got a deep southern accent. A confusing. They're in Atlanta. And that is the only southern accent you hear in the whole goddamn movie except for the cartoon black people. <laughs> so, so, so after he's done acting like a child molester, and this is why I say the gun was magic. Because we take a whole detour with this detective. And he and his partner are sitting in their office mm-hmm. going over this case of, like, how this gun got in here. And the partner says, uh, well, there is no serial numbers or, oh, yes, or right. ballistics or whatever. Uh, our main detective says, ah, scratched off. He says, no, there just weren't any. Like, this is a phantom gun. Like, this is a gun that should not exist. This is why I thought it was the Illuminatus behind... Uh uh, Lance Henriksen, because only they could come up with a non-traceable gun. With No, they just had it built specifically for this purpose. Right, but earlier we see that, uh, like, one of uh, Barbara's friends finds that glass bird at the department store and says, oh, this would be wonderful for Katie, and has it all wrapped up mm-hmm. right then and there. Yeah. And at no point do they show a switch anything out, but we see John Houston, and then Katie runs away from the party with this present. Mm-hmm. And they show us uh, like a insert shot of the gun in the box. Yes. So I took it as that had to be manifested somehow, and then John Houston either his plan backfires or he goes, "Oh no, this little girl made it a gun." Either because it's yeah. a magic, untraceable, completely like. Even the ammunition shouldn't exist. But then my head is, because I know people can build their own shit. In my head, it was, he knew about it and he was trying to stop it, but was too late. That's what my my read on it was. Which supported my theory. (laughs) Because there's a whole bunch of magic bullshit in this, but only when they need there to be. So, uh, she's shot in the back, she's paralyzed. Um... Fuck, where do we go from this? Again. Oh, the, they put in the Brady Bunch lift, or the Brent, or they put the lift on the Brady Bunch stairs. Yeah, yep, they sure do. Those stairs with no handrails whatsoever. But I will say, um, this, <laughs> this hits a real weird nostalgia spot for me, because when this was made, I was about, I was a year older than that kid in the movie. So I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, because my dad had rented a house where we had the steps going up with shag carpet, mind you, <laughs> and you, there was no step in between. You, they were just like flat boards going up, and I was like, oh, yeah, wow, and there was barely a handrail. So that was like a thing. All right, so I'm trying to think. So the detective that's investigating Katie mm-hmm. shows up at the house. He's kind of attacked by one of the birds that's yeah. like just in a bush. Yeah. 
uh, he's driving away from the house and surprise, bird attack. <laughs> oh God, that was the funniest fucking thing I ever saw. In my I life. laughed for a full minute, James. <laughs> I was dying. Nobody was around me. You know how funny something's got to be for me to laugh that loudly with nobody in a fucking room. And especially because they're trying to play it off as this being like. Almost like a falcon-sized bird. Uh Uh-huh. But when they have to actually show, like, a distant shot of it, Mm -hmm. he's wrestling (laughs) with what looks like a uh, brown parakeet. Yes. It is a tiny bird. Yes, it is. And this bird is just giving him hell. The To the point where it pecks into his eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Now, and here's the part of this film where, like, it really sunk in that, like, Oh, this wasn't cheap. Someone cared about this. Uh-huh. Because they drive a, a car off the road, down mm-hmm. a hill. It gets wrapped up in a fence mm-hmm. so that the softball team cannot save the detective inside. And they blow the fucking thing up. And the actual gore from the peckings was cool as fuck looking. Yeah, it sure was, man. The bird looked real stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it like it's pecking his eyes out while he's going down the road. It's super duper omeny. Yo, oh, God, yeah. Or, you know, oh. somebody investigating this case, mm-hmm. David Warner in the original Omen, where bad things befall them. Yep. It, it's it's really cool, actually. Again, it's one of those points where, like, oh, shit, this kind of rules. That's what I said. It's like a bunch of cool little set pieces surrounded by, well, we don't need that. Just keep cool shit coming. <laughs> Just pace it a little, a little quicker. Come on. James. Yeah. The ice rink. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, it, it, out of nowhere, no lead up to this. All right, well, Katie's going to go ice skating. Because mm-hmm. there have been a bunch of uh, scenes of her doing, like, gymnastics, gymnastics and shit. Yeah. But all of a sudden, she's ice skating. Because, you know, that kid can do it. Fucking all. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, she somehow picks a fight with an entire group of, like, 17-year-old boys. Well, your traditional traditional bullies you saw in every movie from 1978 to about 84. Uh-huh. Yeah. The the jock bullies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this girl thinks she can do something. <laughs> oh, she got some ass on me. James? Now I'm beat the fuck out of this 11-year-old girl because I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my buddy's going to help me, too. It is at least five, probably more. Yeah. Five uh, on the older end of adolescent boys. Mm-hmm chasing down this 11-year-old girl in public, and not one person's like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, and then when she starts spinning, nobody's like, dude, um, dude, this is kind of weird. What's with the lights? Dude. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it t- it's so long that it's funny, mm-hmm. and then gets irritating, and then gets hilarious again. Mm-hmm. Because she is just, like, ice dancing her way around these grown men. Mm-hmm. Effectively grown men. Yep. <clears throat> Big old corn Fred Gorn. Grown and man. it ends with her spitting two of them, and they just speed up the film. Mm-hmm. Where she's whipping them around. Yep. And James, did you notice when the one boy goes flying through the air through the... Uh, the uh, plated glass window, yeah, or, or the uh, slatted glass window, that that prop didn't break correctly, yes. and he got super duper <laughs> caught on that. Mm-hmm. It was like you thought it was going to break completely away, and it was like, oh dear. Oh yeah, 
Oh, and we forgot to mention, during that eye-pecking scene that goes on forever, mm-hmm. there is no way that that motorcycle stuntman is not paralyzed, right? God, no, no, no. Of course, that must have been filmed in Italy because... <laughs> they may have killed that man. Yeah, because the, the laws aren't the same. No. No. Uh, again, I hate to go back since we were making good progress, but the detective full-on hits a motorcyclist, and they show it. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker and flies. It, and it is... If that was a dummy, man, their stunt coordinator did great. Mm-hmm. Because that did not look like a dummy whatsoever. That looked like a human man. No, because it, it had the right physics for the movement. And if they, I don't know how they would weight that. There had to be a fucking person... Because I said aloud, oh, fuck. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I was listening to a podcast about, like, stunts back in the 70s. Uh, like, you know, like, the stuff that they were doing. And they were just allowing any fucking thing. Can you do it? Yeah, we can do it. Can we do this? I don't know. Try it. People <laughs> paralyzed left and right. People dying left and right. And to this day, they, they don't have unions out in the fucking Europe and shit for this. They got unions for everything else but that. Hey, any knuckleheads want to try this? Yeah. Do it. Nobody's going to get busted. Yeah, because, I mean, you can't do that shit here. Because, all right. So, you know, the point of a stuntman is not to hurt them. Right. (laughs) The point of the stuntman is to do a stunt correctly. And safely. Yes. So that they can continue working on other stunts. Mm Mm-hmm. The point is not to paralyze a man riding a motorcycle. No, 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 no. So you could get one cool shot. But that was cool as fuck. Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, it was. All right, so Mm. this entire time that she is fighting these boys on uh, ice skates. Yes. Why is John Houston just leering at her the entire time? And he's upstairs. Uh He's downstairs. He's across the street. He's on the pedway. The entire time they're intercutting it with him just like slowly meandering down some stairs. And then back up some stairs for no reason. <laughs> like I said, like on a molecular level, the choices in this film are so fucking weird. Yeah, but John Huskin can stand the fuck out of some hallways, man. He's just present, man. So uh, we haven't talked about his rooftop commune either. Oh, God. I didn't get it. Just where, randomly. Where it's just him and what looks like a bunch of skinheads just camped out on the roof of whatever building they could pay for. Mm-hmm. And what, what what the fuck is up with those things behind him? I'm like, what what is going on with that? So I have a question for you, James, because I think you're a little bit more familiar with John Houston than I am. Uh-huh. Does he always walk like he just got his body? Um, It got worse as he got older, but that was mostly liver problems from the prodigious amount of alcohol that man can, can fucking consume because the doctor sam motherfucking peck okay, and pop yeah we'll get to that okay okay he was known for uh, imbibing a tad bit uh-huh sure was glenn ford and may have kicked back a few with john houston back in the day can you we used to make jokes about the cocaine budgets on a lot of these i can imagine the just the amount of money they had to spend on alcohol and minders mm-hmm. to make sure somebody showed the fuck up for a scene. Because isn't it, uh, I, he's not in this film and it's unrelated, but wasn't it Richard Burton that, like, it's not true, but they say that he drank so much that the alcohol, like, crystallized into his uh, spine. 
Like, yeah. that was the one of those, yeah, the old Hollywood actors like that. Holy oh. fucking shit, dude. I'm surprised any of them could stand for any fucking scene in any of this goddamn movie. Yeah, when I was reading something, I think it was Richard Burton, that they were talking about, like, yeah, he would start his day with just, like, 30 beers. Mm-hmm. Peter O'Toole. Yes. Peter motherfucking O'Toole. Oh, my God. Raving alcoholics. Mm. And somehow they get on screen and you couldn't not fucking watch them. Because the entire time that he is on screen during this, like whenever he's delivering lines, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But every time John Houston has to move, he does look like an outer space alien who just got this body. Mm -hmm. I I can imagine. I don't even know how they paid him enough to walk, let alone act. Because, and I, I don't say this as a joke, it genuinely looks like he has had a stroke because he's, like, he's on a tilt. Yes. Like, his entire one side of his body is constantly drooping. Mm-hmm. And he he looks like he's, like, pulling his other side along with him, like Igor. Yeah, well, he's just got, at that age, for as much as he drank, he just has to be one mass of, like, arthritis and cirrhosis. And I don't know how he moves. I think just on sheer will and anger. So, uh, Lance Henriksen has to go back before the uh, committee. Oh, God. Because he hasn't put a baby in Barbara yet. Yep. And they are pissed. And it's not like he wasn't raw dogging the entire time trying to throw one in there. James, this movie's stupid. Yeah. Because he's like almost begging them like, please, just one more chance. And they're like, no. <laughs> you fucking done but they had don't it. like kill him. I don't think because that's the last time that we see Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Because we might see him in a scene like right after that with Barbara. Yeah, but he was gone for a good 45 minutes of this movie. It's like his contract ran out or he only was available for filming for these because he's gone for most of this movie. But here's the thing is like, yeah, if you had like a secret underground like conspiracy where you were trying to raise a, we'll just call it a demon to mm-hmm. take over Earth and you want to harness the power of these children and you told this guy that owns a basketball team about it. Yeah. You might want to kill him. A little bit. Instead of just firing him, like, unceremoniously. <laughs> oh, there's, there, I, I, I made a point because I needed to get through this movie to not pick anything apart. <laughs> I did not delve because the last one I fucking ran down so many dead ends. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch this thing and try to enjoy it. So this is when uh, shit starts popping off. Kind of ish. Okay. Well, so, I'm sorry. Where were we? <laughs> it's where uh, uh, Katie pushes her mother through the uh, fish tank ish. Oh, yeah. After getting the shit slapped out of her by like the day maid. Yeah. And I'll, don't worry, I'll protect you. I'll save you. <laughs> you know, I yes. know what you're going through. Fucking gets popped through that plate glass. Katang. Yeah, Katie shows up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. just materializes from like across town mm-hmm. to push her mother in her wheelchair through this thing. Just bad seeds the fuck out of her with those big old bangs. Wham. And that's where I thought like, all right, well, this is. This is really happening. Here we go. And then I checked the timestamp, and there was like another 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we find out that, uh, what is it? oh, uh, her and Katie are riding along after the corporation sends Lance Henriksen away. Mm-hmm. They abduct Barbara and just put a baby in her. 
Okay, and this is what there, I can't remember the name I, name of the movie, but there was a movie I remember watching when I was a kid on HBO. Um, Julie Christie, she was fucking living in this house where um, this big AI was, you know, took care of everything, mm-hmm. and the AI wanted uh, fell in love with her and made her have the baby. Uh, the demon seed, the demon seed. And that's what this movie, like when they pulled into that fucking, ch- I'm like, oh, Demon Seed. Aha. Uh-huh. No. I wanted to talk about the way that they abduct her mm-hmm. because it's ridiculous, James. Uh huh. Effectively, they've just uh, rigged up a semi uh-huh. to look like a spaceship uh-huh. for no reason. Yeah. On the side of the highway, James. Bright fucking lights, too. Now. When you are abducting a woman to do medical experiments to bring about the end of the world to harness this evil power, maybe don't do it on the side of the highway where you've lit it up so anyone passing by can clearly see what you are doing. And also, why? Think about this. We got cell phones and shit. Do you know how fucking big a muckety-muck you gotta be to have a telephone in your goddamn car? Yes. Call from the side of the road, and the operator, like the nine one one operator, was confused. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? You're on the what? The the what? You're on the highway. You do nineteen miles. What? <laughs> confused as fuck. The hell you say? <laughs> this woman said she's on the highway, and she's on the phone. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know either, Janice. I'm just telling you what she told me. Well, we'll send somebody, I guess. <laughs> But then they just dump her back off mm-hmm. in her car on the side of the highway. Yep. It was great. It was great. I was just like, mm-hmm. So I'll get to backtrack a little bit because we forgot about the part where uh, John Houston shows up as Katie's babysitter. Now. Nobody questions a goddamn thing. The guy's 950 years old. I'm going to watch 12-year-old kid. Um, the agency sent well, me. To be fair, after they've left, Lance Hendrickson wonders, huh, wonder if he's a child molester. <laughs> yeah, not giving a flying fuck. Well, I, that, I, that's in character. But the mom, the mom's not like, um, fucking, that guy was, um, wearing an overcoat. <laughs> he could barely stand up and uh, he's going to watch our kid. No. Uh, I don't think so. No. Uh, she'll be safe. The guy can't run. <laughs> Here's the problem, James. Wait. <laughs> Here is the problem. So, John Houston, or Jersey, <laughs> yeah. is an ageless, timeless, uh, multi-dimensional, or at least uh, space-traveling wizard. Named Jersey Kalawaski. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Who is hunting Satine. And Katie knows that she is possessed because she can make basketballs and shit explode. Hell yeah. Now, why'd they just hang out? <laughs> they're, they're playing Pong, baby. And here's the odd part. John Houston explicitly tells her, like, yeah, someday I'm going to abduct you. Mm-hmm. Flat out telling a child, yeah, one day. Are you going to kill me? No, I'm just going to take you. Yeah, one day. One you're going to come live with me, and all my friends are going to come here, and we're going <laughs> to take you away when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Not creepy at all. What the fuck is going on? What are they trying to say? So Barbara uh, just takes their word for it that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. because they took her away in their makeshift spaceship 
<laughs> loading fucking truck <laughs> from the highway. That, uh, that just close encounters looking shit. And then she has to go uh, to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So after she finds out that she's pregnant, I'm sorry, she wheels herself around in a circle about 40 times. I know, and, and somebody, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It is the longest cut in the film. Just. It's not the first time. They don't do it once. No. No. No, they cut back to that shit a couple scenes later uh-huh. when she comes back. She's just tooling around in this wheelchair, just losing her mind. And granted, yes, she was just impregnated against her will. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. So she uh, has to go get the old, the big A, James. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I got a question for you. Yes. She's fucking paralyzed from the ways down. Yes. She's transferring because she was in bed and all of a sudden she was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And then she was in the bathroom. And then she was... Ba- She's fucking... There's no equipment in there. How the fuck is she hauling herself around? Oh, they have uh, wheelchairs at the top and bottoms of that... Uh, uh, right, but how is she transferring herself? Uh, upper body strength. <laughs> yeah, because she's buff as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no. Even though previous to that, we've never once seen her... Tra- uh, it could have been the maid. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what answer you want. No. You're not going to get a satisfying answer no, no, to I know. this question. It's like, and it's funny because I tried to turn off that part of my brain for this whole movie, and it just the fuck accent. Yeah. What? How she transferring herself? Fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. God damn it. Also, what is happening? Yeah, I'm confused. So after Katie wheels her mother uh, through this fish tank, oh God, that was fun. I thought it was going to start ramping up. Yeah, I thought it was going to RoboCop three like a motherfucker. Nope, it's just uh, Katie being observed in a hospital mm-hmm. with a bunch of doctors saying like, "Man, she's going to need some uh, some uh, mental health care after this whole ordeal." And all the hospital shots, all I could think of is, "You ever see coma?" No. All the weird hospital shots, all I could think of was coma. And then I thought about, again, Jacob's Ladder. Because it was that big old hospital and shit. But uh, she she goes to the hospital, again, full of just very, very uh, sickly black people. And a an elderly woman just wearing a sailor's cap. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. In the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And uh, this pretty white woman is allowed to bypass the throngs of... Black people that need help. Yeah. <laughs> to see Dr. Sam Peckinpah. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, James. Yes. Sam Peckinpah was involved in the shooting of this film for exactly one day. Mm, okay. And uh, we'll say, what was quoted was, he had trouble remembering his lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did. Sam Peckinpah's body is in this film. Mm-hmm. His voice is nowhere to be found. <laughs> That is another actor ADRing over his line. I didn't even notice. I did not notice. Yep. Too much other shit going on. Because in this scene, he is clearly visibly hammered, James. Oh, I'm, they're all hammered, but he's visibly hammered. Like, to the point where, like, man, you should have just cut this whole thing. Yeah, but you wanted to be able to say Sam Peck and Bob was in it. Because they didn't, what I, what I love about a lot of, like, like Italian movies, is there's no copyright, nothing. There's no, they just fucking do it. No, and immediately when this happened, I was like, oh, this is Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Where she visits, uh, where is it's not Dr. Saperstein, it's uh, Charles Grodin. Yeah, 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 yeah. She visits Charles Grodin. Mm hmm. The Grodmeister. Oh my God, Charles Grodin, the whitest man on the planet. 
Yeah, but when he was young, mm-hmm. oh. quite, he was a snack. Oh, yeah. Boy, he was a handsome, handsome man, Charles Grodin. Indeed he was, but every time I see him, I was like, wow, that is the singular most white person I've ever seen in my life. So Sam Peckinpah is just like, ah, so you need an abortion. Ah, why does everything bad happen to you, Barbara? Mm-hmm. First the troubles with Katie, then you got shot in the spine, and now an abortion. Oh, and you couldn't come bother me? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't bother to come see me, an and old that man? Is, that is my question. How do they know each other? Because he seems like he was like an up-and-up, like, up-and-coming doctor, and now he's just, like, bummed that he's slumming it in this, uh, what looks to be a clinic, mm-hmm. where he may or may not have his license to yes. practice medicine still. I don't get it. I thought maybe old family friend is the only doctor she knew outside of the uh, Illuminatus doctors. You know what I mean? Maybe. I guess it didn't matter, because it got to the point where it's like, first of all, I wanted to feel bad for Barbara, I just couldn't. I didn't give a fuck. But I was just like, oh, one more bad thing. Now nobody believes her. I think they're coming for me. They put a baby in me, and 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 my kid talks about killing the babysitter and whatever, you know. And I'm just like, yeah. Now they now the one family friend thinks she's nuts. Mm-hmm. Great. What else could happen? Oh, good. Bird's gonna attack you. Fucking a. What else could happen? Oh, garroted and thrown down the stairs. Oh, dragged up the stairs and thrown down the stairs a couple, two, three times. All right, that's great. So, Poor thing. L- long story short, she is viciously attacked by her daughter. <laughs> oh God, yes. This is fucking intense, James. Oh, and I, I was it. very surprised that they took it as far as they did. Yes, I I was because I, I knew they were gonna get a little crazy. Because, you know, it's a European movie, but I didn't think they were going to get that fucking nuts. Because Katie's supposed to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And Barbara comes down the stairs and sees her sitting in the chair. And she wheels herself around and basically jumps out, drags her uh, disabled mother, Mm -hmm. like, while punching her in the face. Yep. Drags her by her non-working legs up the stairs. Thump, thump, thump. Sets her up. Mm Mm-hmm. And kicks her in the fucking face down these stairs. Mm -hmm. And you knew there were obviously dummies and stunt people, but it was fucking wild. It's it's goddamn intense. Yep. To watch a little girl kick her mother, like horse kick her in the face down some stairs. And that was some great stunt work because I was like, fuck me running. Before she had done this, Lance Henriksen comes out and says, well, now you just need to die, Barbara. Which is exactly the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing, right? Mind you, but uh, so they Lance Henriksen is holding what looks like a long spool of wire. Yeah, and because you know, you usually keep that in your upstairs bedroom—a big spool of wire. I assume he brought it with him because he knew <laughs> what the deal was going to be. Yeah. So Katie puts her back on her lift all the way back up the stairs. Lance Henriksen ties this fucking uh, wire. Like ar- piano wire right around her neck. Around her throat. Mm-hmm. And has her daughter lower the goddamn lift. Oh, that was gruesome. Dude, it's, again, with all the goofy shit happening, and, like, every time John Huston's on screen, he gets, like, the A-Team music intro. Yep. The, the score in this film is wild, oh, by the God, way. Oh, God, it was bad At no insane. point does the music match what's happening. No. And actually... Talking about that music, 
I used to watch all the kung fu movies, right? Even the modern ones, like the old Shaw Brothers. But like if you're watching movies like Street Fighter with Sonny Chiba and that shit, that's the kind of music. Weird stings, horns for no reason, weird action music. Fuck yeah. So they start lowering her down this lift. And again, it's a pretty good shot because you can see it digging into her neck. Like oh, it yeah. looks like it's going to garrot her, just take her fucking head right off. Mm-hmm. And then James. Yes. And then. Yes. Jersey, does he reappear with the bird army? Yes. Because he's standing on the uh, uh, like landing strip of light watching okay. these dots in the sky for First of all, an incredible amount of time. This was, this starts out and the thing goes down. It looks like the thing from Close Encounters with the ramp going up and the lights. Then it turns to Saturday Night Fever. And fucking spotlights coming up and just random colored lights and shit. Oh, that was for about five for what feels like at least five solid minutes. I thought I was having a stroke. I'm like, there's no get there's it's swirling lights cut to like close up of John Houston's age riddled face, just kind of shaking and making (laughs) an indistinguishable face. Ah, he was attempting to emote something. Yeah, no idea. It's not surprise. It's not concern. It's my liver hurts. <laughs> he does. It's I'm uncomfortable and I want to go sit down face. How much longer does this take, motherfucker? I can't. No, I can't do it. I'm sweating. Again, I'm sweating. With, it's cold. Leave me alone. <laughs> with what turn goes from like one light to a uh, trio of lights to about six to nine. It fucking takes forever. Uh-huh. And I was losing my goddamn mind. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, uh, the clouds that we saw in the opening shot roll in. Yep. And it turns into uh, uh, Satine's nemesis, the bird army, Mm -hmm. which he transports to this house. And James. Oh, James. Yes. Yes. They're pigeons. I know. (laughs) But I will say... That clearly the ASPCA was not on set that day. Not at motherfucking all. Because <laughs> there are about 500 pigeons flying around Lance Henriksen mm-hmm. and this little girl who's just batting at them. And I was hoping to God it was the same stunt person that that did that weird demon makeup and jumped around and pulled her up the stairs. Uh-huh. I was hoping, but I... Wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is just a legitimate little girl surrounded by pigeons. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> or or whatever other birds they could find. Because I'm mm. sure it's not all pigeons. But uh, my God, is there a lot of birds. And once again, James, yes. my God, does it take forever. Mm-hmm. However, yes. toward the end of it, mm-hmm. we're, we're given a real treat. <laughs> We get to watch Lance Henriksen get stabbed in the neck by a switchblade bird beak Yes, on what is clearly just like a big rubber bird. Yes, but I forgot about that. (laughs) Again, it made me cheer for this movie all the more. Oh, my goodness. And it's not just that, like, oh, they stuck a knife, like a fake knife, on the end of this big rubber bird. (laughs) No. You see a blade come out of its face. Yeah. Switchblade bird beak, James. Boo 
Yeah. It's incredible. It is, it is, it is. And watching that kid get pecked to fucking death. Again, they show a lot of close-ups. And I didn't notice initially that it was mainly pigeons. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they were doing close-ups on, like, her hair and surrounded by birds, like, oh, those are just fucking, like, New York street pigeons. Which kind of bugs me. Can you imagine the disease on that fucking set right then and there? (laughs) That's the only thing I could think of was like, huh, I wonder if they just had a dummy and stuck a bunch of French fries in its hair. I would hope so. I would hope so because any other thing is horrifying. Any other idea is horrifying. (laughs) They pulled a Hitchcock and just let a little girl get pecked by a bunch of angry French fry hungry birds. Yeah, but those were seagulls and seagulls are fucking nasty. Ugh. James, yes. What the fuck is going on in this movie? (laughs) I don't know. And there was another thing that bugged me about this movie. I have to talk about it. Okay. Was it the blue filter and the nanny and John Huston having some weird triumphant romance under a really harsh blue filter? Well, that was troubling too. (laughs) Um, This was the one where somehow... Barbara gets in the car to go to the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. That bugged me because I was like, how the fuck did she get in the car? This kid somehow gets cross town to the hospital. Sure does. Uh-huh. How the fuck? How the fuck? It's it's one of those things like it it's I think it's because they're taking from so many things in this film mm-hmm. that they lost their own threads. Okay. Because again, uh like the housekeeper doesn't really serve a narrative function nah. except for to be kind of almost like a red herring of like the housekeeper and the omen. Yeah. Because I thought, initially, I thought that was going to be, or like Rosemary's Baby, where they were in on it. Yeah. And again, like the big corporation with the all the people in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. They're trying to do that. Uh, sometimes Katie knows that she has powers. Sometimes she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because she would be using them in every situation. Yeah. It, it's the only way that you can really explain it is like, oh, well, I guess a baby snake is more dangerous than an adult snake because they don't know how to use their powers yeah but she clearly does in some points yeah it's like uh, okay i need you to know how to use them now yeah and uh like they're trying to do and it's it's actually a really cool like it's well filmed the cinematography is great when they're doing like the hall of mirrors thing oh yeah because like doing that many mirrors is genuinely hard to do. It was genuinely like impressively shot all i could think of was a bruce lee movie game of death exactly but it didn't it didn't serve a function. They didn't do anything in that room. She no, just broke some mirrors. But I thought what they did with that was I'd never seen that effect. I've seen broken mirrors, but usually it's on a set and you see all the shards come towards you. They had plexiglassed them somehow so that they would break from inside and explode back. And I was just fascinated by that process. Unfortunately, I had to rewind it three times to watch it because it was so cool to look at. Yeah, and like... uh where Katie, uh, obviously, she can't find John Houston because Hall of Mirrors. It's, it's that old gag where she's just breaking mirrors and breaking mirrors. I didn't mind then, it. But then uh, where she's standing still and you start to see her reflection all around the room. Mm-hmm. And those mirrors start breaking independently one by one. It's a cool fucking shot, man. Hell yeah. And like I said, with the uh, car accident and everything. like There's cool shit in this, but... They're trying to draw from every single thing and throw in a million different plot points that go nowhere yep. and don't need to be there. Well, it was like initially it was like a spaghetti Star Wars. Yeah. And then they started putting Jallo shit in there, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But they never 
tied it up because usually even in the other batshit crazy ones we watch, they tie it up a little better mm-hmm. or it has more of a thread through. And that's what this is lacking, I think. Yeah, and like uh, just, again, little missteps in the writing is, so Lance Henriksen did not know why he was hired to be with this woman. It, it's supposed because they explain it to him and who Katie is. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the film, it seems like he and Katie are like in on this whole thing because she's trying to like encourage, oh, I want Raymond to be my daddy. We should be a family. Yeah. Well, okay. And what but can, that doesn't make sense if Katie doesn't know who she is. Yes, but and the other thing that threw me is I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, they wanted to have another baby so that the half-brother and half-sister could create a, the sateen? Um, as much as I can remember, uh, the evil doctor who takes care of Barbara after she gets shot in the spine, who is also the head of this uh, cabal of people who want to rule the world. Yeah. They want to have another child, and they recognize that it's uh, irresponsible to have this much power. Mm-hmm. But we must have this power. The, but the, there's never any clear goals set out, right. and there's no reason explained as to why they need another child when Katie's clearly like able to do these things. And the other thing that can... And at no point do they try and harness Katie. Right, and what confused me too is, um, is Lance Henriksen one of the only males able to produce this type of thing? And that's why they're paired together? Because it doesn't make sense that if she has a special womb that creates uh, Satan babies, if he doesn't have something special, then they're just giving him a gift and this team for no reason. Yeah, because it's uh, explained that, yeah, when they fire him, like, we've given you every opportunity to put a baby in this woman, and we've given you all the riches that, you know, to put into this team that you want to build, and we've given you these chances. Again, that would imply that he didn't know to begin with, and how did they approach him and just like, hey, you want to put a baby in this lady? Huh? No, it, huh? it, it seemed to me that he was in on it the entire time. Or that they were dating and they went to him and said, oh, since you're dating this woman. That okay, we... now that, that makes sense. Because I can't make it make sense any but, other way. But not really, because he had to be a man of influence, obviously. They couldn't have just like approached some guy off the street and said like... Well, maybe he had, and that, that was like, okay, you have this. Because she's clearly a, like a high society yeah. uh, person as well, because their house is just fucking incredible. You're a one, you want you're a multimillionaire. You want to be a hundred millionaire, you know, something huge because the sports team is huge. Right. And it doesn't make sense also why the birds would be helping Katie or Satine if they were the sworn enemy of Yeah, because the whole bird the whole the only thing I could think of again, anytime I see birds in a film or in listed in books, the only thing that I remember from the one philosophy class I took is that birds are harbingers of change. They're, yes. They're psych, psychopomps, I think is a the word. They're the ones that take you from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought there was going to be that, but it seemed that the birds were on everybody's side and nobody's side. Exactly. So I don't understand the symbolism 
her. Uh, un- until <sighs> they uh, switchbladed Lance Henriksen in the neck. And yeah. Cl- and clearly worked for John Houston. Yeah. You know, I just thought maybe they were the sign of neutrality and they just pegged anybody who got out of pocket. They thought they were a little big for their britches. Yeah, but again, it doesn't make sense because, like, they say that Satine, oh, the bird army was decimated except for three that wounded him fatally in the brain. <laughs> I forgot. But but he found another way to come back. Again, it it just doesn't make sense. And it's the why, like, the birds are attacking the detective. Mm-hmm. And why does the housekeeper collect uh, artificial birds? Yeah. It, it was just another kooky thing to, like, lump on top of it because they'd already made birds a theme. Mm-hmm. And, like, well... We already did it. We're going to stick to it, God damn it! Otherwise, we don't have an ending. We need these birds. Yeah. But we also need this corporation. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, again, it's throwing too much in and trying to be too many things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. <laughs> uh, the, they could probably sell it to more markets. They could, like, okay, look at it this way. Remember uh, remember when you, you go to the uh, the old video store and just looked at boxes? Yep. They could name this movie five different movies. They could put it as sci-fi. They could put it as horror. They could put it as, you know, like uh, foreign. They could put it in three different spots. They could put two different titles on it and sell, sell, sell. And, and it's all familiar themes that you've seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's got faces that you know. Names that you remembered. Yeah, so th- that's why. And it, it it really is a testament to when, because I was thinking about this also, and you think of like actors, you know, like a Daniel Day-Lewis who, uh-huh. you know, I, I want to do these dignified roles. I'll do one thing every eight years so long as it's blah, 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 blah. Right. But most actors are just like, yeah, I'm a working actor. Oh, you want me to do The Visitor? All right. Okay. I'm in. Yep. And then you get Lance Henriksen and John Huston mm-hmm. and Sam Peckinpah to come in. It's like, how the fuck did these people agree to, oh, they're just working actors. Yeah, they need money. Yeah. They drank through most of it. They like to drink a little more. They need a couple more dollars. I know how that feels. Yeah, but there's so many threads in this that just don't make any sense, like the rooftop cult. Yeah, and it was, okay, I'm trying to remember because I've watched a bunch of movies in the last week. What were those weird things with with the people, the lights inside of people pressing their face against it? Was that this movie? Uh, I think... Maybe because I'm like on the rooftop it has indicative of nothing. And we, we didn't get to the uh, exact ending, which is they cut its bookended with pretty much with the cult. Yeah. Where long haired, uh, long blonde haired, blue eyed uh, Franco Nero. Jesus. Booyah. Goddamn right. Uh, John Houston is explaining to him that like, oh, no, we didn't kill a child. We don't you, kill the children. Yeah, what the fuck's wrong with you? You just kill the evil inside of them. Uh-huh. And the next, uh, the blonde child who's embracing him is just bald Katie. Yep. And, and I wasn't... So he is abducting these children. Yeah. And what, what I don't understand is, too, is that, that, that smile is the exact same smile that, that she did when she was doing evil shit. Are we to infer that she's still got Satine in her, even though she's in the cult and she's going to fuck shit up or what? I don't know. And that's what, like, they seem to know exactly, like, oh, it, it's uh, Katie Collins. She's this many years old. Uh, her birthday's this. She's located in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, we got to go take care of this threat. Mm-hmm. So literally no one else on Earth. Like, Satine <laughs> just pops up one at a time. 
I'm guessing. Keeps it easy that way. Because, man, you should probably spread that bloodline around. You probably get a lot further with getting uh, <laughs> getting ahead on taking over the earth. Yeah. Dude. James, this movie's fucking stupid. It's so but again, stupid. But again, on a molecular level, it's so weird and so earnest mm-hmm. that, like, little parts of it, just like, the detective, like, f- flubber... Flummoxed by yeah. you're a child molester. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, no! I, I'm here to like. I loved it. Who the fuck directed that? Why would you tell your actor to like? Oh yeah, act like you're real nervous that this little girl just called you a child molester, even though mm-hmm. you're a detective and she shot her mother. Yeah, but okay. Um, back to the acting though. Um, there was a scene where. The detective was talking to his partner. Yes. And I was just like, I was transfixed just because they were acting. Uh-huh. And they were doing a scene. And you got to appreciate what the fuck they were doing. Because this it's probably... It's a only, good scene, It's too. the only time, one of the very few times where you can see the craft working as it should. The set was great. The The delivery was amazing. The timing, everything you want to see was right there. Yeah, it's these two old grizzled detectives... And, like, the ones, like, yeah, man, there were not even serial numbers, not even filed off. Like, yep. this is just, like, a mystery gun that just came out of nowhere. Yep. And uh, the the detective that gets his eyes pecked, I was like, yeah, it's what bugs me, man. That's what bugs Like, it's very well acted scene. Like, what oh, the yeah. fuck is this doing in here? Well, it's because what they did is they, they let the pros go do what the pros do. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, guys, there's what's written. Go fucking at it. Yeah, John Houston hobble around. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, that guy can menace in a alleyway like a motherfucker. Can't uh, take that away from him. James. Mm-mm. Yeah. Would you recommend The Visitor? Mm, this is a tough one. This is definitely a. This is a. This is the one of the only times that I've been really like undecided on a film as to whether we should tell people to watch this or not. I would say this would be a party movie. I would say this is a, if you're going to get real stoned and watch a movie mm-hmm. and you have to pay attention to it for all its peculiarities, yeah. because if you're looking away and not really paying attention, it's going to be fucking boring. I had to rewind the, it a bunch of times because I was starting to get bored, figured I'd miss something and I did. Uh huh. Didn't make a difference that I missed it, but I did miss it. No, because the plot's absolute horse hogwash. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if you're paying attention to all the little weird shit that is done in absolute sincerity, because like, hey, we got this budget, we're gonna make this movie. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I, if if you want to sit down and watch a real oddity, because this isn't like. It's not like the acid 60s or something where it's really experimental film. And it's not like the cocaine 80s where you're like, oh, well, this is just bananas. It's the weird, like, a real weirdo wrote and directed this, and they tried. And yeah. that's what makes it so fucking insane. And they got they got basically sternobums working for, you know, on set. These guys are old-time actors and stuff, but they are... I'm surprised they got they don't have wet brains. You know what I mean? So uh you know what I would say go ahead and watch the go ahead and watch the visitor. Go in go in with the mindset that this is an experience and don't try to make sense out of it. it, it again, it's the one from a uh, 70 it'll say 79 I believe cuz there are a couple other movies called The Visitor. And yeah. you should know when you see it it'll be like a uh, the clip art generally speaking is like a 
bluish purpley eyeball in the sky almost, that will never come up. Nope. It almost not looks, once. <laughs> it almost looks like a UFO album cover. Yep. yep. So if you're expecting that to be a integral part of like, oh, here's some weird cool thing that I can expect to see. No. You ain't going to see it? No, not even once. Mm-mm. Nope. You're going to be treated to immediately a uh, snowy desert witch standoff. <laughs> <laughs> with Obi-Wan, my liver hurts. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, shit. Hey, James. Yes. Where can people find us? They can find us on horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram. They can find us on Facebook. And they can find us where all fine podcasts are served, sir. And where those podcasts are served, if you'd like to leave us some stars or even a written review, it would really help us out. It gets uh, the algorithm working in our favor. The magic number is a five-word review, by the way. And it is uh, absolutely free for you. You don't have to do anything, but uh, it'll help James and I dig our way out of this crushing, crushing podcast poverty. Yeah, might be able to get us a chance to heat up this old garage. No, summer's coming. We don't need it any Cool off here. this old garage. But we might be able to get, like, nice catheter systems for when we have to pee. Mm-hmm. We'll just get big jugs. Well, piss jugs. Well, yeah. I mean, this I don't bring... Podcast piss jug. I don't usually bring my home piss jug because I don't know what the... Well, no, I'm not bringing my nice piss jug from inside. So we can use them here. I, I mean, don't bring your one from home. Don't bring your nice one. We'll get... We'll get uh, a trough. Yes, dedicated podcast piss jugs. Absolutely, okay. Speaking of piss jugs, I really have to pee yet again. Should we be done with this, James? No, I want to drag it on just for a little yeah, more to watch I, I'm face. fucking calling... I'm the one calling it. Good I night. gotta find the button. Good, th- thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. <laughs>